Two people claim to know everything about something, but only one knows anything. President Roosevelt wore an anti-gravity belt. Dinosaurs had two brains. Lucky kids live on Mars and go to school in flying cars. Or at least they will one day. Believe me, I'm a historian. An astronaut or drive a DeLorean. Would I lie? It's hard to say. The Big Fifth. Can you spot the lie? The Big Fifth. Some pigs can fly. The Big Fifth. But if you ask me why, can you trust the answer? From Mollusk, Virginia, this is The Big Fib. And now, here's your host, <laughs> Deborah Goldstein. Welcome to The Big Fib, the game show where kids choose between the highly intelligent, problem-solving regeneration of truth and the solitary, spineless tentacles of lies. I'm your host, Deborah Goldstein, and in the studio today is our sound effects robot, Lisa, whose name stands for Live In-Studio Audience. Making sound effects till the cows come home. Very nice. And it looks like you've got another sound queued up to play, the sound of a listener question, perhaps? I've got listener questions till the cows come home, leave for the pastures, and come home again. Okay, super. Well, can you play one of those questions? I can play listener questions until the cows come home, leave again for the pasture, then okay, go to the Okay, okay. Yep, got it. Okay, let's just hear the question. And come home again. <laughs> Here it is. Hi, Lisa. I have a question for you. Do you do your sound effects just to show off? This is Grace H9. Love your podcast. Hope to be on it someday. Well, that's a great question. Making sound effects to show off. Mm -hmm. I beg your pardon, Grace, to show off as if I need validation and adoration like, like, like some kind of human. I'll have you know, Grace, that I am a trained professional with highly specialized programming and my talents are in great demand. Okay, but you also like the attention. Look, Deborah, if it is the case that my extraordinary, one-of-a-kind sound effects actually impress and astound the average human, then so be it. Okay. So let me address the rest of Grace's comments. Grace said she hopes to be on the show one day, and I just want to add for Grace and any of our other listeners who might want to join us on the show, go ahead and go to gzmshows.com and select the contestant tab of the Big Fib page to learn more about becoming a contestant. So we hope to see you there, Grace. <laughs> yeah, that'll be awesome because then you could come and you could be totally impressed with my sound effects. That's right, Lisa. I know you'd rather be right here while I make sounds like an Eastern Screech Owl playing the xylophone with its talons while singing Baby Shark with a mouthful of crunchy peanut butter in its beak. Or a beluga whale belching into an underwater cave after a full meal of chicken nuggets. <laughs> or the sound of a space alien landing on Earth and asking a microscopic tardigrade for directions. Okay, not showing off at all. Okay, Lisa, thank you for your answer and your extraordinary and one-of-a-kind sound effects. Now, if we could move on to our game, it would be much appreciated if you could tell our listeners how our game works. I'd be happy to make those sounds too, Deborah. Great. Every week, we bring on two grown-ups. One is an expert. And here's the twist, though. Mm. Get ready for it. I'm ready. The other is a liar. Oh, no. And it's the job of a human child to help us figure out who was who because no one can spot a liar better than a kid that's why they call him 
human kid lie detectors. <laughs> what are we lying about today? Deborah Goldstein, podcast host. We are lying about the octopus, a sea animal with a soft, rounded body and eight long tentacles. And we're going to learn all about the octopus with our contestant today, Lisa. Who might that be today? Our human child contestant is a 10-year-old who loves Legos, playing soccer, and can solve a Rubik's Cube. They call him Rowan Pittman. Okay, welcome, Rowan. How are you today? I'm doing good. How are you? Oh, I'm doing very well. Thank you. I think Rowan means that for you too, Lisa. How are you? Oh, I'm good, Rowan. Nothing is going on that you need to know about. Everything's okay. (laughs) Okay, good. Awesome. Okay, Rowan, you can solve a Rubik's Cube. Did you teach yourself how to do that? No, I actually watched YouTube videos on how to do it. And at first, it took me about nine days to finish it. Whoa. And now I'm able to do it in under three minutes. Wow. That's an incredible improvement. Very cool. Are you looking to get even faster than that, or are you going to stick with the three minutes? I'm trying to get even faster. My record right now is one minute 30. Oh, my gosh. Well, good luck to you. That's amazing. No, I don't want to one-up you, Rowan, but I I can do it in one second. Really? I've never seen you do that. Well, I mean, it's not much to do. You just go to the store and buy a Rubik's Cube, and then you're like, hey, it's done. (laughs) I think Rowan takes a Rubik's Cube that is mixed up so all the colors are in different sides in different order. Ah, that's impossible. That would take nine days. (laughs) Exactly. Ah. But Rowan here can do it much faster. Very impressive. All right, well, we want to learn some more about you, Rowan, but we're going to do that playing our game Two Truths and a Lie. Rowan is going to tell us two truths and one lie, but we won't know which is which. We'll have to use our critical thinking... Maybe make a few guesses and sort fact from fiction. Rowan, in no particular order, tell us your two truths and one lie. Well, my first one is that I've been on a podcast before. I've lived in three states and five houses, and I'm not a fan of Harry Potter. Oh, interesting. Well, you've been on a podcast before, so this would be the second or more. I mean, so young to have been on so many podcasts. What do you think, Lisa? This one's easy. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Well... Here's the thing. Uh-huh. There's a couple ones that are just obviously true right away. I see. Not a fan of Harry Potter. Nobody likes Harry Potter. <gasps> what? No. But here's the thing. Here's the catch. Uh, okay. Yeah. It's all Hagrid fans. Everyone likes Hagrid. Okay. And Hermione. Okay, okay. And the old wizard man. Those are the ones people like. Harry's just, he's sort of like the cookie of the Oreo. Yeah, you'll eat it, <laughs> but you really want the cream. So that one is true. He doesn't like Harry Potter. The other one, he's uh, been on a podcast, Three States and Five Houses or Five Houses and Three States? Three States, Five Houses. Three States, Five Houses, and he's been on a podcast. Well, man, if he's been on a podcast, that would be a reason for him to move around to a lot of states because maybe he said something that made people really mad and then he had to keep moving. Oh. But I happen to know that there are only 50 states, and that means that he couldn't have been on a podcast before. That one's a lie. Okay. Not connecting the dots there, but it doesn't matter. Rowan, which one of those things is a lie? The lie was that I'm not a fan of Harry Potter. Oh, you are a fan of Harry Potter. What? You like Harry Potter? Nobody likes Harry Potter. They like Hermione. Most people do. Well, I think you mean all of the books and films, maybe, Rowan? Is that what you mean? Yeah, but I also do like the character of Harry Potter. Yeah, I mean, he's kind of cool. He's a wizard, you know, and he's he's a good guy, and he's kind of cool, and we're fans. Hold on one second. Yes, sir. Hey, everybody I've ever talked to, you lied to me. <laughs> you said 
You like Hagrid and Hermione, but not Harry. Oh, dear. You made me look like a fool. <laughs> no, you don't look like a fool. All right, anyway, let's move on. Not with because show. of that, anyway. Okay, so that also means that you have been on a podcast before. What podcast have you been on before? It's called Withy Wendell, and it's a podcast for kids about books, and I got to do the introduction. <gasps> That's exciting. Good for you. We'll all tune in. I love it. Are they hiring? <laughs> You're very busy, Lisa. Also, you have lived in three states and five houses. Why all the moves? Is that fun? Do you like it? I don't really know why I moved so much. <laughs> have you told your parents about it? <laughs> right. You could discuss that at dinner sometime, maybe. While you're moving. Exactly. Yeah, I should probably tell them that I've moved. <laughs> right. Give them a change of address so they know where to find you. Maybe that would be helpful. Okay, we're now going to move on now that we're all warmed up and we're going to talk about the octopus. Are you ready, Rowan? Yep. Excellent. We're going to learn lots about the octopus with our experts. Please, Lisa, could you play us some music to welcome our octopus experts? Come on in with your 45 arms. That's how many arms octopuses have. That was a trick just to catch you. Let's see if you know the real answer. Nice. <laughs> Catchy, nice. Okay, our first expert is Griffin Povey. Griffin, please introduce yourself to Rowan. Hi, Rowan. My name is Griffin. I am an evolutionary developmental biologist, which basically means I study how the world works and how different organisms work. And I work at the Marine Biological Laboratory. Thank you very much. Let's meet our second expert, Jenny Hoffmeister. Jenny, please introduce yourself to Rowan. Hi, Rowan. My name is Jenny Hoffmeister. I am a marine biologist working for the state of California, and one of my areas of expertise is octopuses. Okay. Thank you very much. <laughs> Drop it like it's hot. Tell us about those chromatophoric chords, Lisa. They are sounds in accordance with hot seat time. Yes, it is hot seat time. That's when we put our experts on the hot seat while they answer Rowan's questions. Lisa, whom should we put on the hot seat first? Jenny Hoffmeister. And the reason is she's got one of those last names that like would be really fun in a movie, like when there was like an angry boss and he'd be like, Hey, Hoffmeister, I need that report now. <laughs> or Hoffmeister, stop tickling my poodle. Ooh. Or Hoffmeister, eat the soup. <laughs> you know? It's like one of those last names that's fun to yell. Yeah, okay. We don't have to yell it, though. We can just ask Jenny your first question now, please. What is the plural of octopus? This is one of my favorite questions to answer. The plural of octopus is, in fact, octopuses. This seems a little weird, but the root of the word is actually Greek, not Latin. And so the Latin plurals get the I, and the Greek plural technically gets the plural of octopodes. Oh. But we're English speakers, and that one's hard for us. So octopuses is the official scientific and English plural. Interesting. Rowan, what is your next question and for whom? Griffin, can you describe a typical day at your job? So I work at a research lab, which means I'm studying different octopuses in their tanks. And because they're not in the sea, it's not their actual environment. 
And octopuses are very smart, so they know it's not their actual environment. So we create scenarios that are supposed to mimic underwater behavior. And one of the things I'm working on is trying to figure out why octopuses' blood is blue. So they have this chemical called hemocyanin, and that allows them to create a blue blood. We think right now it's based on nickel deposits, and we're not sure why. So I'm studying that. Okay. Jenny, how did you become an expert, and did you have to study or train for it? I started becoming interested in marine science when I was in high school. I went to this very cool dolphin discovery, it was called, where I did get to go on the water and hang out with a dolphin. But then I also got to go in the classroom and learn about the cool adaptations the dolphin had, you know, what gives it the ability to live underwater and survive in the cold oceans. And that was the coolest thing to me. So I did have to study a lot. I went to an undergraduate school for four years, and then I went to... UC Berkeley for my PhD, which was another six years of study, all focusing on octopus and how they live and interact in their environment. I am primarily an ecologist, which means I kind of study how all the different parts of our ecosystems all connect together. And I really focus on the octopus to answer my questions. Wait, you're saying octopuses answer your questions? (laughs) Like, you're like, hey, where did I park? And then it's like, (laughs) you know what, Hoffmeister, you parked over there in Lot C. You know, if you ask the right questions, they might answer it for you. Mm. I knew it. (laughs) Go ahead, Rowan. Jenny, do you also know some of the differences between octopuses and squid? So octopuses, we call them benthic. Most of them are benthic bottom-dwelling animals. So they have a little different body plan, a little different body shape that allows them to crawl over the bottom. Whereas squid are mostly pelagic. So they're floating up in the water column. They're not crawling around on the bottom and they're kind of always out in the middle exposed. Octopuses also have no tentacles. They have eight arms and zero tentacles. And there is a difference. Tentacles do not have suckers along the whole length. They only have suckers on the tip, and they're designed for a specific thing, which is reaching out and grabbing food. So squid have two tentacles and eight arms. Octopus only have eight arms. Can I just correct one thing that Jenny said? She actually confused where squid and octopuses mostly reside. The reason why you've seen more octopuses is actually because they hang out in the shallow end of water. And I believe Jenny said squid do that. So I don't think that's correct. Also, she said there's a difference between arms and tentacles. There's not really a difference if you just call them all thingies. (laughs) So like they both have eight thingies. Mm -hmm. Very scientific. Thanks. Griffin, what is the scariest thing you've encountered on your job? Oh boy, probably when I had to tag octopuses. So we go out onto the water and we put little tiny trackers to track their movements and their mating habits. And we were out there on a boat. And if you have their arms all spread out and you cut one of them off, we thought that they would stop moving and therefore you'd be able to put the tag in them. But in reality, they just lost sensitivity to that arm and it kept going. And one of my colleagues got super scared by the octopus and it sort of came at them. And octopuses are super smart, so it knew that. And we had to corral it on the boat and it was really scary. That does sound scary. This dude saying he cut off an octopus arm? So octopuses can actually regenerate their limbs. And that's something that we study because we want to see how well octopuses can adapt to predators or different animals that they'll encounter in the water. So it doesn't hurt them. They're totally comfortable with it and they can regenerate over a couple months time. So it's actually really good for them. Oh, well, now I know what I'm doing this weekend. No, no. Mm -mm. No? Okay. 
<laughs> Great questions. If you love The Big Fib, then check out Story Pillar, a podcast for kids and their grown-ups. Join Sneak, Bean, Sparky, and Meg as they tackle sticky social situations, explore stories from all over the world, and pick up great advice from listeners like you. They also save plenty of time for laughing and being silly. So if you've got feelings, love stories, and are open for a fart joke or a 10, Story Pillar is definitely worth a listen. Check it out at www.storypillar.com or wherever you love listening to podcasts. The Big Fib is brought to you by Pretty Litter Cat Litter. When my cat Arlo is healthy, he's happy. And that makes me happy. But since I'm not a mind reader, I don't always know when he is unwell. Helping me keep tabs on my cat's health is just one of the reasons I use Pretty Litter. Pretty Litter's ultra-absorbent crystals trap odor instantly. No more cat bathroom smell. Like, not to brag, but when people come over, they might not know that I have a cat unless Arlo, who's huge, is in the room. Because the cat smell is not there. Pretty Litter's super light crystal base also minimizes mess and dust. Plus, the crystals last up to a month, which means less scooping and fewer trips to the garbage can, which is really great because I'm lazy. And here's the coolest thing about Pretty Litter. It changes colors to help monitor early signs of potential illness in my cat, including urinary tract infections and kidney issues. Cats are, like, really sneaky, and you often don't know how they're feeling, and the worst part of that is sometimes you don't know when they're sick. So knowing when my cat is sick based on the litter changing color is a game changer. And Pretty Litter ships free right to my door in a small, lightweight bag. You and your cat are going to love Pretty Litter as much as we do. Go to prettylitter.com slash bigfib and use code bigfib to save 20% on your first order. That's prettylitter.com slash bigfib, code bigfib, to save 20%. prettylitter.com slash bigfib, code bigfib. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Before we get to the show, if you want to listen ad-free, go to gzmshows.com slash subscribers. That's gzmshows.com slash subscribers. It's time for the Shorts on Fire round when our experts have to answer as many questions as they can before time runs out. Lisa will set a timer for the first expert, and then Rowan will ask questions until Lisa's timer sounds. And then Lisa resets the timer for our next expert to do the same. Experts, you'll have to answer with jet propulsion. Rowan, let's start with Griffin. You can ask your Shorts on Fire questions... Now, what is the biggest species of octopus? The giant Pacific octopus. What do you call a female octopus? Sometimes scientifically we'll call them Sevilla. I call them Jenny. <laughs> what part of the body does the octopus use to taste? They're little suckers. What are the skin cells called that have sacs of pigment that octopus use to camouflage? Chromatophores. Which famous band sings about an octopus garden in the shade? The monkeys. About how how many eggs does a female octopus lay at a time? It depends on the species, but anywhere from 50 to 150. How many hearts does an octopus have? Three hearts because they have so much oxygen.
oxygen to pump through their bodies. What is the name of an octopus whose fins look like huge ears? Oh, the Dumbo octopus. What kind of octopus is Hank in the movie Finding Dory? I don't know, sorry. Animated. (laughs) Which ocean can you not find octopuses? You can find an octopus in any ocean, but you actually won't find them in gulfs like the Gulf of Mexico. And that is time. Listen, uh, time. (laughs) Okay. Very good. Yes, Lisa, could you please reset the timer for Jenny? You know, I was just going to do that. I can't believe you mentioned that. Uncanny, right? It's it's just so... It lacks canny. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Rowan, you can now ask Jenny your shorts on fire questions now. Name one way octopuses communicate with each other. By changing the color and texture of their skin. Text message. (laughs) When an octopus jets forward in the water, it shoots out water through which part of the body? The siphon. What is the name of the mythical giant octopus that lives off the coast of Norway and scares sailors? The Kraken, which I secretly hope is real. What do you call a group of octopuses who live together? I want it to be called an octopod, but there's not a real scientific word that we use for a group of octopuses. Which one of these is the name of an octopus? Capricorn, Gemini, or Pisces? I know Pisces is a water sign, but I don't know. Who is the large blue cartoon octopus who lives in the big city with Henry the Penguin and a turtle named Buster? Can't say that's a show I've ever seen, so I don't know the name, unfortunately. How many brains does an octopus have? Nine! Which came first, dinosaurs or octopuses? Octopuses! And that is time. That's it. That's all. No more. Very good. That was some fantastic answering experts. All right. It's decision time. Rowan must call on the brain power of an octopus to determine which one of our experts is no expert at all. Rowan, who is our big fibber? I think the liar is Griffin because I think it was the one about the song of an octopus in the shade. I don't think that's by the band that he said it was. And that makes him not an expert in all things octopus? Well, I don't really have any other things. Okay, (laughs) fair enough. That's his biggest lead, Deborah. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. Just checking. Okay. Will the octopus expert please say, I am the octopus expert? I am the octopus expert. (gasps) You got it right, Rowan. That's right. Dr. Jenny Hoffmeister is an octopus expert and marine environmental scientist for the state of California. She has been scuba diving and studying octopuses for almost 15 years. Welcome, Dr. Jenny Hoffmeister. Very cool and well done, Rowan. Let's do some fact-checking. Jenny, let's dismantle Griffin's lies. What did you hear that was not true? Well, right off the bat, he said that the blood of an octopus, they actually have copper-based blood. Griffin, I don't remember what... I said it was nickel. Nickel. Ah, yes, nickel. They do have blue blood. That is true. And they do have three hearts. That is true. But their Mm. blood is copper-based, which gives it its blue color. And also, the egg size or the clutch size, Griffin said 50 to 150, it's closer to 10,000. 
a lot of eggs. The other one I caught was Gulf of Mexico and the Gulfs. Lots of octopuses live in Gulfs all around the world, and they are important there for the ecosystem, and they also support a lot of different fisheries. Okay, very good. Griffin, how did you use mimicry to try to camouflage your fibs? I lied so many times. <laughs> what? Yeah, I also, I believe the reason why octopuses have three hearts isn't because they produce a lot of oxygen, mm. right? They don't produce a lot with each heart. Mm. And then, Jenny, maybe you could tell me, I don't think there's a real name for a female octopus, is there? No, but that was a really great lie. <laughs> I was impressed with that one. Good lie, liar. Very good. So just for fun, we will tell you that the famous band that sings about an octopus's garden in the shade would be... The, the Beatles. Rolling Stone. No, no okay. <laughs> the Beatles. <laughs> that would be The Beatles. It's a great song. I highly recommend. And Hank in the movie Finding Dory is a mimic octopus, a kind of octopus uh, that can actually mimic its surroundings and take on the colors and characteristics of the environment and animals around it, which is super cool. Although, actually, if Pixar's calling Hank a mimic octopus, they got that one wrong. Oh, tell. All octopuses have the ability to camouflage and match their surroundings, not quite in the way that Hank does, but a true mimic octopus, they actually are covered in kind of red and white stripes. And so mimic octopuses actually don't change color as much as other species because you can always kind of see those stripes. So instead they use their body to make the shapes of other animals, like oh. like a flatfish, or they'll bury their body in the sand and just put out one arm, which looks just like a banded sea snake. So their mimicry comes less from their color changing and more that they morph their body to look like other animals. Wow, that's some like superpower kind of stuff. It really is, yeah. That is super cool. A couple of other things. I do believe there is an octopus called a Capricorn octopus. Oh, there are about 300 species of octopus. So and you're saying you don't know them all? I know, I'm ashamed. <laughs> I am so ashamed. No. And also, the large blue cartoon octopus who lives in the big city with Henry the Penguin and a turtle named Buster is named Oswald the Octopus. That makes sense. It's a good name for an octopus. Yeah, I agree. Well... We've come to the end of the short lifespan of our octopus episode. Thanks to our contestant, Rowan, who was well-armed with questions. Thank you to our expert and liar, Jenny and Griffin. And thanks to Lisa for the molluscous melodies. And of course, many thanks to our listeners tuning into The Big Fib, where we do our best to siphon out lies and reach long and far for the truth. The Big Fib is a production of Jamsin Media. <laughs> For more great shows, visit GCM Shows. While you're there, you can send questions and mail it on. Ask Lisa and find out how you can participate. Also, also, follow us on social media at the Big Fib Podcast. For behind the scenes photos and more true facts. Hi, it's me, Jess. This is a message for all the Six Minutes podcast fans out there. Have you heard? There are new episodes in the Six Minutes feed called the Ivan Dispatch. I won't go into details, but Ivan found something. A box containing audio cassettes recorded decades ago. And it looks like they were recorded by Cyrus. If you're a fan and you're not following the show, you may have missed out. Search for Six Minutes and click the follow button so you never miss an episode. And if you haven't heard Six Minutes yet, what are you waiting for? 
Search for Six Minutes, start a season one, episode one, and enjoy the most downloaded family audio drama in history. Talking about money can be so hard, especially when the person you're talking to is still learning how to do long division. That's why Million Bazillion, a Webby-winning podcast from Marketplace, is here to help. I'm Bridget, and with my fellow co-host Ryan, we help teach your little ones about complex topics like bankruptcy, climate change, and why there's so much gold at Fort Knox, and so much more. Listen to Million Bazillion wherever you get your podcasts.